Think about a time you've come across someone who possesses something special. Imagine taking ordinary topics and viewing them through their lens. Welcome to Success Shorts, insights that challenge us to be extraordinary. Let's go. Everyone, I'm Roll Chanel, and I'm joined by Laura Gassner Odding. Laura is the best-selling author of Limitless. She's also a motivational keynote speaker and executive coach. Laura, it's great to have you. Hey, it's great to be here today. So you have a pretty rich background that we got the chance to talk about previously. It's all about empowering others, and I'm really looking forward to what you have to share with your success short. But first, I'd like to take some time and get to know you. So we're gonna play two truths and a lie. Are you ready? Well, I spent my early career in politics, so I'm always ready for two truths and a lie. Oh, boy. All right, let's hear them. Okay, number one, I went to computer sleepaway camp when I was 14 years old. And even though I was one of the only girls, I still didn't get my first kiss till I was 17. Number two, I have never been able to feel on either one of my feet the fourth toe. And number three, I once punched a guy in the face and I broke his nose. Holy crap, I didn't imagine any of those. (laughs) <laughs> I told you I was good. <laughs> All right. So we have, you went to sleepaway camp and no kisses. Then you have no feeling on either of your fourth toes and punched. Um, I'm going to guess that the sleepaway camp is the lie. Nope. I can feel all my toes. Ah, that one just seemed too obscure to even come up with. So yeah, I failed at that one. But what are you here to talk with us about today? So today I want to talk about tenacity. I love it. Tenacity. We strip everything away when it comes to success. Tenacity is really what it all comes down to. So I'm really looking forward to this. So long story short, what does tenacity mean to you? And how did you identify it and foster it early on? So tenacity is all about how many times are you willing to get back up, right? So we always hear people ask us the question, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Because that's your passion. And I think that's just wrong. I want to know what you would do if you knew for sure that you would fail and yet you would still do it over and over and over until you got it right. Because that is your passion, the thing that you are willing to fall down and get up and fall down and get up and learn and perfect and innovate and change and evolve for, that's your passion. And so when I was an executive recruiter over 20 years, I interviewed people all the time who, by the time they got to me, because I was the CEO, they were pretty qualified for the job. They had the book smarts, but I wanted to know, I looked for five specific traits, hunger, weight, speed, grit, and tenacity. And tenacity was really where I got to hear them tell me the stories about just how many times they're willing to go to the mat and how many times they're willing to get bruised for the thing that mattered to them, for the people they love, for the causes they hold dear, for the businesses that they want to build. And in my own career, I really began to foster it when I was sitting in an executive search firm looking around and saying, there's a better and different way to do this work. And I think I could do it that way on my own. And I had that sort of Jerry Maguire moment of rage moment where I just decided I was no longer part of the solution, which meant I had to be part of the problem. And so I went out and I tried to figure out how to do it on my own. And I failed miserably over and over and over again in the pursuit of the excellence because I thought my clients deserved no less. What you were just saying about the importance of understanding someone's willingness to go to the mat and continue to get back up, it's huge. 
not just for work, but for life and love as well. And I think that really comes down to people being able to identify what their why is. Because once they know their true why, they can continue to get up over and over and over again. So I just wanted to point that out because I, I really love what you just shared there. Now, obviously, you did this from a career standpoint as an executive recruiter, but you also made a pretty big shift at one point in your life, you were just saying. So how did you begin to take tenacity and allow it to help you during that next chapter? You know, there were so many moments when my business was small, when I first started it, where I had a newborn baby and I was doing this work out of my attic. And I used to get a lot of people who were like, oh, well, you're just the mommy firm or, you know, you're a virtual firm. That means you're not real. And again, you have to remember, this is 20 years ago before people did a lot of work virtually. And I had to keep coming back and proving to them. I had to be not just as good as everyone else, but four times as good as everyone else so that they didn't look at me and say, well, you're young. Well, you're a mom. Well, you're a woman. Well, you're this, you're that, you're whatever. I had to get back there. I had to show up so big and so smart and so wise and with so much force of just wisdom that I could bring to solve their problem. And that took me really trying to find my own voice. It really came down to me understanding that I couldn't go in 10 guns a blazing, but I also couldn't go in a shrinking violet. And it was finding that confidence of sort of who I really am and what it is I care about. And yeah, it does come down to finding my why, but it also came down to being able to communicate that why in a way that people could understand that I took their problem just as seriously as they did. I used to walk in, I used to try to pitch work and I would explain our super 10 times, you know, as clever business model as every other firm out there. And finally somebody said, yeah, but do you find great candidates? And I said, well, yeah, of course we do. I mean, that's, that's table stakes. Of course the work we do is great. And he said, yeah, but you never say that. Every other firm walks in and says, we find you incredible candidates. Now here's how we do it. And you skip right to the here's how we do it. And so it took me falling on my face over and over and over and actually openly and with generosity of spirit, listening to the critiques so that I could change what I was doing so that every time I picked myself back up, I was doing it better than the time before. And it, that was when I really understood that I had to walk into my clients, potential clients offices and say, you have a problem. I see your problem. It's real. And I know you think it's unique, but it's not. It may be unique to you, but it's not unique to me. I am going to take your problem and I'm going to hold it in your hand as our problem until our problem goes away. Now, here's how we do it. That changed everything. So once I was able to lead with what really mattered to me and why I was doing the work, not just how I was doing the work, I realized that I wasn't selling search. I wasn't selling talent. I wasn't selling research. I was just selling trust. And anybody listening who's in any kind of sales mode whatsoever, and PS, we're all selling things all the time, even if sales isn't in your title, what we're selling is trust. And so what you learn about yourself in those moments when you're forced to be tenacious, when it's like, what do I really care about? And how hard am I willing to go to the mat for this thing? That's the thing that you should lead with because that's the thing that actually matters to you. And if you believe it deep in your soul and communicate it in a way that is involves your potential client or customer in, in that communication, then you'll, you're a success story. There's a really important message in what you just shared. Tenacity is the trait that helps you continue no matter what, definitely. But without the awareness and humility to listen and adapt, your tenacity may have been wasted. So you, I just wanted to point that out to everyone that having tenacity is one thing, but also 
making sure that you're checking in with those other things and being humble and trying to learn from mistakes along the way and not just trying to work it all through on sheer grit, that's also important to realize. As for the people who are listening, they were just hit with a lot and it's all good. How can we take some of what they just heard and begin to implement it into their lives starting today? They can think about what success actually is for them, not for all the other people in their lives who defined it for them, but what would actually make them happy. And for a lot of people, it usually has something to do with not what they're doing right now. It's usually some other path. And, you know, the reason that we're on a path right now is that at 15, 16, 17 years old, somebody said, pick a college, pick a trade, pick a major, pick a path. And we said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And we did. And we leaned into that. And then we woke up one day at 25, 35, 45, 55 and said, huh, why aren't I happy? And the problem is that when you're 15, 16, 17 years old, what you don't have is a frontal lobe, right? You don't have the part of your brain that actually dictates good decision making. So of course, when we're asked to make this decision, the most important decision that's going to dictate the rest of our lives and we make it before we have the capacity to make a good one, of course, we don't necessarily make ones that are going to be right for us for the rest of our lives. So the most important thing people can do is to understand that if you can't be insatiably hungry for someone else's goals, you got to figure out your own goals. What is going to make you happy? And if the thing that you thought was going to make you happy at 18 isn't the thing that's making you happy at 28 or 38 or 48, it's okay to make those changes and to switch. And I can tell you that the most interesting, in fact, the only interesting people that I interviewed in 20 years of doing executive search were the ones who made left turns and right turns and U-turns. So figure out what success actually means to you, not the people looking over your shoulder, not the neighbors that are you know, wagging their fingers, not the friends on social media, but what really matters to you and pursue that thing. And give yourself the grace to know that if that means a right turn or a left turn or a U-turn, congratulations, you've just become much more interesting. You said something really profound there, and that's you can't be hungry for someone else's goals. And I think that's especially the case now. For all those who are going through a hard time, I have the utmost compassion for you. But for most of us, and this includes myself, we aren't sick and we may be okay financially, and we may have this extra space to internalize what you just said. So I want to challenge you to heed Laura's words. So take the time and realize that goals and success is a very relative and personal thing. It all has to do with you and possibly a very small circle around you. So my challenge to all of you is to ask yourselves, what does success mean to you? And it, once you have a clear definition and you have those goals in mind, put one foot in front of the other and start to work towards them. And that's all we have for this episode of Success Shorts. Hopefully you found today's topic useful. And remember, have fun, stay curious, and keep it short. Mm -hmm.